This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. This is the American Veteran Show. Proud to finally say these two words. Welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform. Tremendous national asset. Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors, but as liberators. Dedicated to presenting issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. I want to thank the courageous men and women who've served their country in uniform. Less than 1% of the population of our country chooses to serve our country in the military. And the other 99% of us, we owe them. Online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stephen Tubbs. Welcome to this week's edition of the American Veteran Show, a special one because this, friends, is the season six finale, and we've got a terrific program ahead. We'll hear from a man who maybe you've heard on the program before. He was there September 11th, 2012, part of the 13 hours in Benghazi, Libya. Coming up the second half of the program here from John Tig Tigan. He is now running for Colorado Springs mayor. Also coming up, we'll pay tribute to the loss 20 years later of Shuttle Columbia and on a little lighter of a note, we'll uh, champion and highlight uh, uh, the latest of the SpaceX missions. This one launched off of California. We couldn't do this program without our presenting sponsor, and thank you, thank you to John Boson, Attorney John Boson, fighting on behalf of veterans every single day, now trying to help Camp Lejeune veterans as well. Get in touch with John, bosonlaw.com, that's B-O-E-S-E-N, bosonlaw.com or 303-999-9999. We begin this season six finale and try not to be a totally opinionated here, but you've got to be kidding me. As of our record time, there's a Chinese spy balloon floating above our country. More trouble with China. The Pentagon says it detected a Chinese surveillance balloon the size of three Greyhound buses that entered U.S. airspace and appears to have been sent to spy on sensitive sites in Montana, one of three areas where the U.S. houses intercontinental ballistic missiles. The military has been tracking the balloon for the past several days. China is reminding us that they really are an adversary. And remember, this is just a very visible sign of the most comprehensive penetration of American society and our history. The Pentagon says it acted immediately to protect sensitive information, scrambling F-22 fighter jets and closing the airport at Billings, Montana for several hours. The balloon is now hovering at a high altitude over the central U.S. President Biden decided against shooting it down because of the risk to civilians, prompting some critics to call for a tougher response. It's not just TikTok in Taiwan. We now have these spy balloons in our airspace. They've been very aggressive over the last few years and have only ratcheted up that aggression. Um, and it's time to take a stand against China. Meanwhile, China claims the balloon was being used by civilians and says it regrets that it accidentally drifted into U.S. airspace. We are looking into and verifying the situation and hope that both sides can handle this together calmly and carefully. A senior defense official says this is not the first time a foreign government has sent spy balloons over the U.S. But what's different is the amount of time this balloon has lingered here. 
That from Fox's Jennifer Griffin. Obviously, we'll continue to follow this story on our season seven premiere next week here on the American Veteran Show. But the normal regular radio program on 710 K in U.S. Denver, 4 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time. My regular show will follow this Chinese spy balloon story and see the developments ahead. Also, before we wrap up our first segment on this season finale, it was earlier this week that the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, was in South Korea. And this is an annual gathering. And of course, the world still needs to pay attention to North Korea and China, etc. Uh, this from the joint press conference with our defense secretary and his counterpart in South Korea. Seventy years ago, our countries signed the U.S. ROK Mutual Defense Treaty and established our alliance. And for seven decades, the U.S. ROK alliance has bolstered peace and security on the Korean Peninsula and in the Indo-Pacific. 70년 전 한미 상호 방위 조약이 체결되었고 한미 동맹이 탄생했습니다. 지난 70년간 한미 동맹은 한반도와 인도 태평양 지역의 평화와 안보를 강화해 왔습니다. Our ultimate goal is peace and not conflict. And toward that end, our countries have worked side by side to deter large-scale conflict, to strengthen our combined capabilities, and to defend the rules-based international order. That keeps us all secure. 우리의 궁극적인 목적은 갈등이 아닌 평화입니다. 그 목표를 위해서 한미 양국은 대규모 분쟁을 억제하고 연합 능력을 강화하고 규범에 기반한 국제 질서를 유지하기 위해서 협력해왔고 이를 통해서 안보를 유지해왔습니다. Now in 2022, we confronted an unprecedented number of provocations from the from the DPRK. 지난 한해 우리는 북한의 기록적인 도발을 경험했습니다. So make no mistake, the United States stands united with the ROK, and together we condemn these dangerous actions which violate international law and threaten to destabilize the region. Our commitment to the defense of the ROK remains ironclad. The United States stands firm in its extended deterrence commitment, and that includes the full range of U.S. defense capabilities, including our conventional, nuclear, and missile defense capabilities. 미국에 대한 방위 공약은 철통 같습니다. 미국의 확장 억제 공약은 확고합니다. 미국의 확장 억제는 핵, 재래식, 미사일 방어 능력 등 모든 범죄 미 군사 능력이 포함됩니다. Now we have. 28,500 uniformed personnel in South Korea who proudly work together every day with their ROK counterparts. That, that's one of the largest U.S. troop deployments around the world. And it just shows our unwavering commitment to maintaining peace on the Korean Peninsula. And over the past year, our two countries have made great progress in deepening our cooperation. We strengthened our combined readiness and training, and we expanded the scope and scale of our exercises. 지난 2년간 한미 양국의 협력을 심화해왔고 큰 진전을 이뤘습니다. 연합 준비태세와 훈련을 강화했고 
We increased our coordination in the face of the DPRK threat, including bilateral and trilateral responses that demonstrated the capability and readiness of our combined forces. 북한을 위협에 맞서 양자간 그리고 삼국 간 대응 등을 통해서 긴밀히 공조했으며 이를 통해서 한미 연합군의 능력과 준비 태세를 과시했습니다. And let me underscore our mutual belief that trilateral cooperation with Japan enhances all of our security. 한미 삼국 협력이 모두의 안보를 강화한다는 점을 강조하고 싶습니다. We held high-level dialogues and we deployed assets including F-22s, F-35s, and the Ronald Reagan Carrier Strike Group. 고위급 대화를 개최했으며 F-22, F-35 전투기와 로널드 레이건 항공모함 타격단과 같은 자산을 배치했습니다. And we found ways to work even more closely together, including by agreeing to deepen our cooperation in Southeast Asia. 동남아시아에서 협력을 심화하기로 합의하는 등 보다 긴밀히 협력할 수 있는 방안을 모색했습니다. Today's meeting was an opportunity to discuss how we'll build on that progress in 2023, including coming back to Seoul for the 55th security consultative meeting later this year. 오늘 회의는 우리가 여태까지 이룬 진전을 올해에 어떻게 더 발전시킬 수 있는지를 논할 수 있는 기회였으며 올해 서울에서 개최될 55차 한미 안보회에 참석하기 위해서 한국을 다시 방문하는 것에 대해서도 이야기를 나눴습니다. As we look ahead to the next 70 years, I'm confident that our two proud democracies will continue working toward our shared vision of a stable and secure Korean Peninsula and a free and open Indo-Pacific. 향후 70년 동안도 한반도의 안전과 안보 그리고 자유롭고 개방된 인도태평양이라는 공동의 비전을 위해서 양국이 함께 지속적으로 협력할 것이라고 확신합니다. Mr. Lee, thank you for your leadership, for your friendship, and for your tremendous support for this great alliance. And thank you again for hosting us today. That, our Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin from South Korea. We are just getting started. Coming up next, we'll take a look at space success and, sadly, space disaster. That's straight ahead. Glad you're with us. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Now, back to the American Veteran Show. Here's Stephan Tubbs. As we continue our season six finale here on the American Veteran Show, it's our pleasure to have this program come to you every single week. And uh, we do our best to give you at least 45 to 50 new episodes every single year. So thank you. Our season seven premiere coming up shortly. In fact, just seven days from now. As we continue, we'll have the happy and the sad when it comes to space. First, this past week was the 20th anniversary of the loss of Space Shuttle Columbia over Texas. Just taking a few hits here. We're right up on top of the tail. Not too bad. Max flight. Flight Max. And there's no commonality between all these tire pressure instrumentations and the hydraulic return instrumentations. Uh, no, sir. We've also lost the uh, nose gear down talk back and the right main gear down talk back. That's some of the final communications from NASA and the seven-person crew Seven astronauts died that day, the 20th anniversary, February 1st, 2023, just last week. And I covered that as part of uh, the ABC News contingent at the Jet Propulsion Lab in Pasadena. Such a sad day, and they knew the risks. 
and they were willing to sacrifice their lives in the name of space and this country and space exploration. Rest in peace, Shuttle Columbia crew. From the tragedy 20 years ago for Shuttle Columbia to yet another spectacular, remarkable launch, almost picture perfect, off the central coast of California, as people looked up, they could see shooting up into space. From the Vandenberg Space Force Base, they could see yet another successful launch of an Atlas rocket and those Starlink satellites. Here's just a little bit from this last week. Enjoy. Falcon 9 is now fully loaded with 1 million pounds of fuel and liquid oxygen. Now the booster that you see there on your screen is flying for the seventh time today, previously having supported NROL 87, NROL 85, Sarah 1, SWAT, and two Starlink missions. After liftoff and stage separation, the booster is scheduled to land on our drone ship Of Course I Still Love You, which is stationed out in the Pacific Ocean. Reusability allows SpaceX to refly the most expensive parts of the rocket. Falcon which, 9 is in startup. There we just heard the call out that Falcon 9 is now on internal power. LD is go for launch. And there we just heard that was our final go for launch today coming from our launch director. Let's watch as Falcon 9 takes our 49 Starlink satellites and the Ion SCV, Ion SCV-9 Eclectic Elena into space. 15 seconds. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Engines full power. And liftoff of Starlink 2-6. Go Falcon, go Starlink. Equals pitching downrange. M1D chamber pressure is nominal. telemetry nominal. Falcon 9 is supersonic. Falcon 9 is now traveling faster than the speed of sound. Max Q. There we heard the call out for Max Q indicating that the vehicle has passed through the maximum dynamic pressure that it will feel during flight. We're about a minute away from main engine cutoff, stage separation, and SCS-1, which will all happen in quick succession. There we heard the call out for MVAC chill, indicating that that second stage engine, the MVAC, or Marlin vacuum engine, is preparing for its ignition. Now those three events that will happen uh, one right after another, that will be then followed by fairing separation just a few seconds later. As the name indicates, MECO, or main engine cutoff, is where all nine of those Merlin engines on the first stage will shut down. Stage separation is where the first and second stages will separate. And then SCS-1, or second engine start one, is where we will ignite that Merlin vacuum engine on the second stage. Miko. Stage separation confirmed. And back ignition. There you can see all three of those events happening one right after another, including with a successful second stage ignition. There on the left-hand side of your screen, we can see those grid fins deploying. Those will help steer the vehicle back down for a precise landing on... Fairing separation confirmed. Gorgeous view of that fairing separation, exposing our payloads to the vacuum of space. There you can see one of those fairing halves falling away behind uh, in the background there on the right-hand side of your screen. We will attempt to recover the fairing halves using our recovery vessel NRC Quest. Both of the fairing halves flying on today's mission are flight-proven, one half flew for the fifth time and the other for a third. 
Currently, the first stage is on its way back to, uh, or it will be making its way back to Earth. We can see that it's still just barely gaining in altitude if you follow along with the telemetry uh, readout on the bottom left-hand side of your screen. So it has not yet reached its apogee. Uh, but it will uh, be making its way back down to Earth momentarily and target a landing on our drone ship, Of Course I Still Love You. As I mentioned earlier, today's Starlink mission marks SpaceX's 206th mission overall and the seventh mission this year. Nominal trajectory. As a reminder, Starlink is a satellite in internet constellation designed and manufactured by SpaceX to provide high-speed, low-latency internet to people living in remote and rural locations around the globe. Starlink is now available in Peru and also Nigeria, making it the first African country to receive service. As of now, Starlink is available in 46 countries and 56 markets around the world. As I mentioned before, the first stage views are on the left, second stage views on the right-hand side of your screen, and we can see that that first stage booster has passed through its apogee and is now making its way back down to planet Earth. Just a stunning view there of the globe in the background. In about 10 seconds, we'll have entry burn startup. Stage one, start up. Stage one, FTS has saved. Stage one, also known as the booster, has ignited three engines to help slow it down for atmospheric reentry. The first stage uh, used to launch our 49 satellites and our deorbit rideshare payload into space today is flying for the seventh time. plus seven minutes Nominal trajectory. five seconds into flight and everything is looking good for both the first and second stages. Beautiful views of that MVAC nozzle. Stage two, FTS is safe. There we heard that the first stage is transonic, meaning it's traveling near the speed of sound. One thing to note, we may or may not have ground station coverage to confirm SECO-1 live. Uh, if that happens, if we happen to lose that ground station coverage before we're able to confirm that second engine cutoff, uh, we'll tune into the Stage nets. Stage 2 and terminal guidance. Uh, we'll tune into the nets and wait for confirmation when we connect to the next ground station. Stage 1 landing burn. There we can see the landing burn has begun for the first stage, targeting a landing on our drone ship. Of course, I still love you. Stage one landing leg deploy. Stage one landing confirmed. There you can see Falcon 9 has successfully landed on our drone ship. Of course, I still love you. Marking the 168th overall landing of an orbital class rocket, including F-9 and Falcon Heavy missions. Nominal parking orbit. That from SpaceX. 
Go Falcon, go SpaceX. As we continue the American Veteran Show coming up on our season six finale next, a man who was part of the 13 hours of pure hell and terror and aggravation, frustration. How can they not still be infuriated? We'll talk with our friend of the program now running for Colorado Springs Mayor, John Tig Tigan, and he was there September 11th, 2012 in Benghazi, Libya. And this past week on the regular program, he shed some new light. Don't go anywhere. This is the season six finale of the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Welcome back to the American Veteran Show. We continue now with Stefan Tubbs. Such a pleasure to have you with us a week from the Super Bowl and uh, this our season six finale here on the program. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for not only uh, maybe hey, making us a Sunday habit, but spread the word as well. And we can always, of course, use more followers and ears. All the details uh, of our new and improved website. It's right there. AmericanVeteranShow.com. Uh, John Tig Tigan is a name that maybe you've heard in the past. He was there in Benghazi, Libya, September 11th, 2012, with one of the worst debacles we've seen publicly, at least when it comes to the lack of interaction, lack of support of our own United States government. But John is now running for Colorado Springs mayor, but he he did just didn't stop there on our regular program this past week. I started by asking him where he was September 11th, 2012. Uh, uh, 9-11, 2012, I was in uh, Benghazi, Libya, at the CIA annex, and I was one of the guys who went over to the State Department, rescued the, the five remaining live Americans. Uh, we recovered Sean Smith's body, uh, brought everybody back to the CIA annex, where we got attacked three more times. Uh, the final assault uh, ended up killing uh, Tyrone Woods and Glenn Doherty, or uh, Ronan Bubb. And it was about, again, 13-hour ordeal. Um, no U.S. Uh, support ever came. And it was the local Libyans themselves. Actually, Gaddafi loyalists, so Gaddafi's military, are the ones that got us out of our compound into the airport. And it was uh, uh, local, uh, again, Benghazi, or local Libyans that flew us from Benghazi back up to Tripoli. Did you, had you ever seen Ambassador Chris Stevens alive, Tig? I did. Uh, we I met him uh, the night before in the morning of, mm. and that was. But again, it was really brief. He kind of gave us, you know, like a thirty-minute breakdown of his uh, his thoughts of uh, you know Libya, what was going on, you know, because he had the elections and stuff going on. So he right. was just giving a little breakdown. Of, it might have been an hour. I don't know, but he he came over for dinner. And then we did a, and then the following morning. Um, I did a uh, meeting with the local intel service with our intel. It wasn't just me, uh, with our chief of base, Bob. Um, and uh, we got word that there was going to be an attack on a government facility. So we went over to the State Department, and that was the last time I saw Ambassador Stevens alive. When we informed him of what we got, and then that shut his meetings, meetings down for uh, going off the, uh, the consulate. Was there ever any indication, Tig, that Ambassador Stevens was aware of the what would become, obviously, this imminent danger? I mean, there there was little little things that were going on. Uh, they caught, you know, that morning on 9/11, they uh, they caught a, a guy dressed in police uniform taking pictures of the compound uh, from a, a building that was under construction. Um, but for us, we actually thought we 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 thought the attack was going to happen on the 13th. Mm. 
because of the, the location. It was going to be publicly known he was going to be there. And it was a really crappy spot, but you know that's our, our job is our job. Was but, was was Tig was was Bob uh, or you know the the Benghazi CIA uh, chief of station? He was portrayed very very negatively in the film Thirteen Hours. Was that accurate? Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't chief of station. He's chief of base. Chief, chief of, of base. Station okay, the whole entire yeah. Gotcha. The chief of station oversees the whole country. Okay, but so he was the chief of base, but. Uh, so, <laughs> so two people kept on uh, going after the pretty much the attackers, and her. They actually got a new book out called "Know Thy Enemy," mm. uh, and it, her name is Sarah Adams. And then Boone, actually another the other GRS agent that was with us that didn't come out in the book. Her, them, them, they both got together and they wrote this book. Well. She was a she was the targeter in Benghazi, so she's the one who puts the warheads on. She helps puts the warheads on foreheads, puts them on the spot. Mm-hmm. So they didn't, and she was also part of the Intel Select Committee, or the yeah, the Select Committee for Benghazi. Sorry, not the Intel. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so she was part of the whole investigation. So she saw everything in the background, and you know it was kind of pissing her off. So after it was over, her and Boone got together and just really she went back to what she knows how to do: find people. So she actually went and found people that the FBI couldn't find. Um, they actually they, they found the true pictures of the actual attackers. Um, they, they found the actual mastermind of who it is. The guys that we put in prison here in the U.S. had really nothing to do with it at all. They're just they're just scapegoats. Mm. Um, and again, I know everybody wants to blame Hillary for everything that happened that night. <laughs> but the CIA lied and four Americans died. That's really what happened. Mm. Um, 17th Feb, which people, people, I mean, if you haven't heard the story, 17th Feb, 17th February Martyrs Brigade was the QRF, Quick Reaction Force, or the Security Force, Protection Force for the, for the consulate. Like, I think it was like a week before Ambassador Stevens showed up, the commander of the 17th, from, from the 17th Feb, Told our chief of base that if something ever happened, he would, they would never show up. Jeez. He didn't tell us this. We did not know this. Right. That night, when that night when we got the call that they that they were being overrun again, they're not they weren't being attacked when we got the phone call. They were already they were already overrun. He called the 17th Feb and the commander, and he told him again, "I told you we were not coming." So they weren't coming at all. So you remember that stand down order that I was given that. That Mr. Schiff said I lied about? Yep. That is why Bob told us to stand down. That's how I know now, 100% for a fact, it was a direct stand-down order. We were never going to leave. Period. Um, So that, again, Bob, the CIA, is a reason why Ambassador Stevens and Sean Smith are dead. Because if we'd have left and we wanted to leave, they'd still be alive because the attackers would not have been able to set uh, set the buildings on fire. And they both died of smoke inhalation. Do you think about this all the time? Is it just when you're on with jokers like me that you have to recall it? What? How do you deal with it? I don't. I mean, I don't think it's all the time. But I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it, I would say weekly at least. I mean, it's, it's a big part. I mean, I, again, that's why I also wanted to run. Just just the lying, the cheating, the backstabbing that I dealt with with our own government. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our team leader, our own our own government team leader, freaking lied to us. And caused the death of four Americans as well. Because, again, it continues. It wasn't just, I mean, what I mean by they lied to us. Again, 17th Feb was never coming. 
uh, our team leader, again, we, when we were requesting, when we were being attacked at the annex, saying, you know, we're 17th Fab, they said, oh, we haven't contacted them yet. And they knew for a fact they weren't coming. Um, again, our government, I don't know, they're covering for each other. That's, again, that, I think that's the biggest thing. That's why we don't really know the truth, but mm-hmm. they're covering for each other. You know when they said Al-Qaeda was on the run? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, they were on the run. They were on the run to Benghazi. It was eight different factions of al-Qaeda that attacked the consulate. That's never happened in the history Wow! of terrorism. Eight different groups came together to attack. And just so we're it clear, second, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to make sure that, that when you say 17 Feb, we're not talking about literally that, well, you're not talking about a date on the calendar. From the information no. I have, these are, these are the, um, the, the Martyrs Brigade militia that may have been coming in yep. to, to help, and, and your chief of base was flat out told this guy, Bob, who's portrayed in the book and the film, um, he, he knew they weren't coming. And I just, oh, I mean, you were, you are all left there and just hung out to dry. If you lived, you lived. If you died, you died. So, but yes. um, But the, the, so after we rescued the state department, all the reporting of any attack, follow on attacks never got reported until we left Benghazi. The chief of base and our team leader were not reporting the attacks to anybody. That's why military help never came, and that's why uh, Ronan Bump are dead. Hmm. Um, um, whatever, and, whatever happened to that guy? Whatever happened to Bob? Um, he got he was last thing last thing I heard he was a contractor training out at the farm. Wow! So you know when I found this stuff out, I had a lot of anger. How could you not? I mean, you know, we, uh, yeah, first you're kind of thinking, okay, we got kind of lucky. We didn't get lucky. There was a divine intervention that we had a shield over us, around us that night. Cause they, and they literally said we were going up against 150 people when we went over to the consulate. I just shake so, my head. I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't luck. It, we got, you got five guys going against 150. Again, from last week on the program, John Tig Tigan, he was there in Benghazi, Libya, September 11th, 2012, was part of the 13 Hours of Pure Hell, and he's now running for Colorado Springs mayor. We'll talk with him as we wrap up our sixth season finale. Number six, season finale, coming up next. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. This is the American Veteran Show, online at AmericanVeteranShow.com. Here's Stefan Tubbs. Our Season 6 finale wraps up with the second part of our visit with John Tig Tigan, who was there, United States Marine, Semper Fi to him. He's now running for Colorado Springs mayor. But we had him on the program last week, and much to my surprise, he went there. He talked about things that I had not heard and some of the things that he has learned and went through again in Benghazi, the 13 hours, September 11th, 2012. Now we start this last segment with uh, one of our mutual friends, Jeff. Jeff joined us from Prince of Wales, Alaska. Uh, Yeah. You know, I know you're running for mayor down there in Colorado Springs and you're busting my chops for being up here, but you know, (laughs) we might actually be colder. Uh, yeah, we might be colder. Take good good point. Hey, we're colder than you, you Alaska transplant. You you are absolutely colder. It's about forty degrees up here today. Yeah. Well, what you know you know his story, uh, Jeff. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, he's he shared some information that's new to me. 
I had heard that, and yeah, it pisses a person off when you hear that. That's what our government's been doing to us for 20, 25 years now, if not, you know, 50. There, there's no such thing as honor and respect in our in our politics anymore. They're in it for power. They believe that they've been elected to be rulers and not representatives. Mm-hmm. And the, the people need to take responsibility in that, too, and hold them accountable. And, Tig, isn't that one of the reasons why, you know, you're... you're, you're... I don't know, pulling, put, doing something that not a lot of people do. We can all bitch and complain, but it takes a select few, and it's only a select few that would say they, they react by, you know what? I, I mean, it's not a guarantee. Obviously, you'll win. It's not a guarantee that you're never going to, you know, have a chance. It's just you put yourself out there and let the voters feel the way they do. But I, I mean, you, you sent, if I, if I could, um, you sent me something, and I just want to, to pull it up. It was basically summarized by, you know, it's about time that, you know, that the government, uh, it's not that the people are working for the government or it's the, you know, that you elected officials are going to be working for the people. I know I butchered that completely, but it kind of goes to what (laughs) Jeff is saying. No, it is. So now, now, now it's wrong in my head. (laughs) Sorry, brother. No, it's, it's the people. It's it, it's the people that need to take control, control of the government, not the government taking control of the people. Exactly. And we got to give power back to the people. And anybody that runs for office, they never give up power. They want more power. They want more power. I'm not I'm not running to get power. I'm running to take away power. Plain and simple. How does that How does that How does that play out in your mind in Colorado Springs politics, which I know nothing about? Me either. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> and that, friends, is why he should be the next mayor of Colorado Springs. Jeff, before we say goodbye to you, anything else for Tig? Yeah, I, you talk about uh, people of Colorado Springs are lucky to have him running. You talk about somebody that gets the job done, take you know, takes control of the situation, and puts her head down, gets the job done. You don't screw around playing games. Um no shenanigans, just do the job and keep it clean. He's a great leader. Uh, I've known him for years. He and I have done some stuff that just off, you know, some of our disaster relief stuff has been amazing, mm-hmm. what we've been able to do in a short period of time because we didn't get involved in the politics and the BS. We put, you know, tractor trailers on the ground with humanitarian aid in Houston when all the distribution centers were full, nobody could get to them because their cars are flooded. We got aid to the people in the neighborhoods. You know, the tractor trailers went into the neighborhoods. They didn't go to the distribution centers, and that was, you know, John doing that. Yeah. Um, well, I owe, I owe it to you, Paradise, Jeff. California. Yeah, uh, then the fire there. I, I owe it to you. I mean, you're the one that introduced me to TIG, and, and I greatly appreciate it. Brother, we got a, a break coming up. I'm going to wrap up with TIG, but uh, stay warm up there. Yep, take care, guys. All right, see you. Jeff, Have a good one, Jeff. from uh, Prince of Wales, Alaska, joining us and listening uh, via the <laughs> – that's pretty cool. I mean, that at least one person, TIG, is listening from, from so far away. You know, I, I, I just yeah. – I, I think one, one more – I guess one more thing, and then I want to make sure that we know uh, the kickoff event coming up on February 2nd. You know, remember back in the day, friends, when TIG is dealing with, with 
not only the pure hell, not only being hung out to dry, not only being lied to, etc., etc., but remember what we were all told as Americans? That it had something to do with, with some video? I mean, Tig, I mean, when you, I don't know when the first time you had heard that, you got wind of that, but that was Obama, that was Secretary, uh, that was, what's her face, Susan Rice, that was certainly Hillary Clinton. And, the, and then the, you know, the testimony in front of a congressional panel, what difference does it make? I mean, I don't know when you yep. got word about the video, but my God, I, I don't know how you, you're not, see, I'm not saying you're not, but I mean, I'd be spitting nails still to this day. You know, but that's one reason why we always, I mean, a lot of it, I mean, myself, Oz, and Tonka, we still go out, we still speak. That That's one of the big reasons. Uh, but again, now with the new information, I know, again, you want to bash Hillary as much as possible, but to me, I can't put blame with her anymore knowing what I know. Um, I mean, it was her fault that uh, the concert wasn't protected better, wasn't protected stronger. Um, but again, it was the CIA that failed. Uh, why did she covered them up? I don't really know why they said it was a video. I don't know. Cause I think if they came out and told the truth, she'd have, she'd have been president. I wow. guarantee you. Wow. And, um, and I know you don't exactly, uh, have Sunday dinners with Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I know uh, I'm, still, I'm still not a, I'm definitely still not a fan. Um, but you're speaking the truth. Maybe we got a whole, yeah. I mean, I'll tell anybody. I, I, yeah, it, I'll put blame where blame is, and that's and again, it was the CIA that that got four Americans killed. Mm. Brother, let's talk about uh, in the remaining moments. Let's talk about the uh, Thursday evening kickoff for your campaign to run officially for Colorado Springs mayor. The election in the first week of April. Once again, give us the details. Uh, it's going to be at DCF Guns West. It's uh, right off uh, Garden of the Gods on the west side. Um, it's a uh, February 2nd at 6, 6.30 to 8.30. I'll probably be speaking more about, you know, 7.30 or something like that, just to kind of get people a chance to get off work and kind of come in and kind mm-hmm. of mingle, mm-hmm. chit-chat. And that's when, you know, I'll kind of, you know, spill my guts of, like, really why I'm running, you know, what, what my plans are and stuff like that. Again, I'm not going to look and see what the other candidates are doing. I don't really care. I just, I just and I want to hear the people, like, what are your problems? I don't want to look at a poll and see what 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 people on a poll think because you got seven hundred thousand people in Colorado Springs and they'll poll like a thousand and oh mm-hmm. here's the issue exactly no, yep yep so that's that's my thing I want to listen to the people and again I'm not doing it by myself I'm doing it with a, I'm gonna have a strong team and I'm doing it with the people I'm not saying I'm gonna do this we're gonna do this this is how. We need to come together as a society. Again, I think our, our founding fathers wanted everybody to be part of the government. That's, but we, we're, we're the opposite now. It's, that's why the government controls the people versus the people controlling the government. Everybody just kind of does their thing. Yep. You know, and you know where you're hitting, you know, you're hitting the mark when I see all of the crazy, progressive, whack job left <clears throat> media already already in attack mode trying to bring you down i mean that i hope i hope brother for for the sake of 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 my statement and i hope that invigorates you not reinvigorates i hope it just it 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 sparks a new flame because i've seen it already on social media yeah oh yeah again i yeah so you know like when when i started uadf and, and you know they were doing that to me again they were doing that to uadf slander me defamation i didn't care I guess I, I did it. This is a little bit different. I'm not going to let them slander and defame me or my organization, UADF. 
So when they put these out, guess what? I got lawyers that are now going after Good. me. I am not going to mess around. Yep. If, you, if you're going to defame and try to slander me and my organization, try to say we did things and, we, and we're something that we're not, I'm coming back at you this time. It's, there's, no, there's no path anymore. That wraps up the season six finale of the American Veteran Show. This program is nothing without you listening, and it is nothing without our terrific, wonderful producer, Michael Arpaio. Coming up next week, we kick off our season seven premiere. Thank you, thank you, thank you to you veterans, veteran families, active duty. Just thank you for listening, and may God protect, and may we all remember our troops. The American Veterans Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteranShow.com. And join us next week for another edition of The American Veteran Show. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.